three, two, one. Happy New Year. Oh, New Year, new me. This is going to be a good one. I can feel it. Each year is akin to the last, a ending trudging towards the end of all things. What? And all the world are fools bandying about with trinkets and bilge. Bilge? The outside of a ship? I haven't seen any of those. Barnacles, then, on the hull, are all the people of the world grasping cantankerously to the measly segment of the vessel of life that they may call their own. The vessel that even now travels down the river Styx to Hades' lightness realm. Bleak. There's got to be something worth holding out for, though. I mean, the Olympics are on this year. The Olympic Games? Zeus's ultimate monument to ego? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love synchronised swimming. And that's how to like truly get yourself ready for a new year is just yep. think about the Olympics. People in funny little hats with uh, plugs in their nose <laughs> flapping about in the water. It's, it's all you need, really, for what happiness. A, what I a think. silly sport, though. <laughs> it is silly. Um, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. It's 2024. I am a boar, and I am your host, Walt. Hello, Commander Plays. I'm your other host, James, and let's get ready to play some games. Oh, very good. Yeah, so you had it written down. I had to think of one on the spot there. Yeah, yeah. That is your way, to be fair. There'll be, like, some gems (laughs) that are hidden in the rough. (laughs) But look... As per usual, uh, we do have some announcements before we get into the transmission for this week. But it's a new year, which means new stuff, more stuff, more, like lots more stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, And a really big exciting announcement is Walt and I are going to CanCon. Yeah. In Canberra. So we're going to be at the Exhibition Park in Canberra throughout the event's entire weekend over the 26th uh, to the 28th of January. So this one's in Canberra, for those who don't know. So if you are one of our Melbourne listeners, we understand there's a few of those. It might be a bit of a trek for you. We're going to drive up. We're we're, we're driving up. We'll be there the whole weekend for sure. Um, Yeah, it's going to be sweet. So there's going to be three days worth of Commander Games. Yes. um, (laughs) Is the the main bit. So we will be in, firmly in, the Commander section of the event. Um, The entire time. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of like a mini Command Fest. It's like a mini Command Fest inside a huge convention for like tabletop trading card games yeah uh like role-playing games there's there's so much at cancon i've been told it's one of the biggest like conventions for games in australia so i'm pretty excited but firstly i just want to quickly say a huge thank you and a shout out to good games australia for asking walt and i to come along but also letting us assist in this huge command zone free play area yeah. well, I, we don't want to say and guarantee anything per se but um considering uh ravnica remastered will be coming out in a in a week or something after this episode releases yeah something that sounds like about that. right we will be having some fun on the plane of Ravnica. Yeah. Maybe a few giveaways, maybe a few times to interrupt your games and have get commanded 
run some chaos in the world a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but we're going to be there the entire time. And Good Games invited Walt and I um, to come along and be a part of the the whole thing. And Good Games are the major partner for CanCon. So they have a huge section. Like a third of the convention is a made third. up of just Good Games. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. it was that much. No, that's going to be Massive. sweet. And yep. I, we're stoked. We honestly can't wait. <laughs> so so we hope to see some of you there. Um, but we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. was a momentous year for our cohort, largely due to the insights gleaned from your transmissions. What one needs in future can be identified upon reflecting on what has passed, both triumphant and unfortunate. Oh, this is very Space Commanders being like, very well, much. we've done a whole year, review it. Yeah. <laughs> and and look to the future as yes. well. This this is, feels more like uh, their, their usual way of looking at things. We don't get to just talk about what we thought of things. It's always like, and learn something from yes, it. There's got to be a lesson there's in there somewhere. There's got to be a lesson. So yeah, we're looking at 2023, but specifically it looks like, because they said what we want what we need in future is being identified so, based on what has passed. So basically what we want this year. Yeah, what we want in 2024 based on how we thought 2023 went. Well, yeah, it was like overall pretty good year. It was a great for, year. For like Commander and Magic in general. Yeah. I know there was a lot of contentious things. We're probably going to talk about that in this episode. Definitely. But 2023, banger. Yeah. Certified banger. I think it's, it's the... Like, if we're comparing to other years, I think certainly there were fewer missteps, like, from yeah, in general. Yeah, I reckon 2021, 2022 yeah. was very contentious. Wizards did some stuff that really upset the community. Yeah. And, and I- there'll still be... There's not to say there won't be stuff this yes. year, because we will talk about that as well. But I think there was less of it. And I think there was just larger highlights as well. I yes, mean, better wins. Yeah. Paper Magic is is doing fantastic. It's like there's, back. There's proper... Um, you know, not not tournaments, not GPS, but tournaments. Yeah, tournaments like, are back. Good games are running that ANZ Super Series. Yeah, there's you know events in the state. We've had like you know the Magic Con tour, the global tour. Yeah. I mean, like we've even had. I know it's a bit like more of content, but we've had a global year long commander competition through command zone they ran a commander game at every single magic con yeah and they did like an overall tournament it was it, it wasn't an official tournament no, it wasn't like you could no qualify means. to get on it but it was still like, it was, that's paper magic in person with yeah. an audience that's awesome it was really good as well I, I i think um the best way to get our read on 2023 is to start by talking about the sets yeah, just running out through this what year? came out this year. Yeah. So basically, there's sort of like two... There are main sets and then there are supplementary products, right? This has always mm. been the case with um, with Wizards and especially with Magic. But I think particularly lately, the supplementary products and the main set balance is about equal <laughs> these yeah. days, which wasn't historically the fact. Supplementary sets, it used to be like you had your standard sets, there'd be a commander product... 
and maybe a modern product. Well, that was it. Yeah, and the the commander product was once a year. Yes, there and was they were commander the only... twenty fourteen. Yes, and, and they, they were the precons. pre-cons yeah. yeah, that was all you had. So, um, the main sets that we had come out this year in February we had Phyrexia All Will Be One. Mm-hmm. Uh, April we continued that with March of the Machine. And then in May, we had Aftermath, which we will talk about. Yeah. So, that was that sort of three-set main arc of the Phyrexian invasion, though it was obviously set up as far back as Coldheim and that kind of You'll thing. You'll remember it. The booster packs had, like, a card in them. After- <laughs> like, one card wrapped in tinfoil. That was, that was what the set was. It offered so much to us. Um, th- this is not a main set, but it was close enough that I consider it one because it's legal in so many formats. Lord of the Rings came out in June. Oh yeah, I mean that was that's kind of like our Modern Horizons y yeah, type probably. Big set, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because it, it's not standard legal, but it's legal in like Pioneer and Vintage and, and yeah, yeah, and Commander, like pretty much yeah. everywhere else, <laughs> just yeah. not standard. Um, and then in September we had Wilds of Eldraine, mm-hmm. and November we had Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So there were one, two, three. There were five standard sets and the Lord of the Rings, which is kind of like a semi-standard set. Um, this year. Yeah. And then yeah. we had like other sets come out through the year as well, which again, aren't standard legal, but had a lot of cards for Commander. Like for example, in January, we got Dominaria Remastered, mm-hmm. which was huge reprint set. Yeah. In August, we had another massive reprint set for specifically us in yep. the, the year of Commander, which apparently is every year since Commander became <laughs> a format. Um, Commander Masters mm-hmm. was in August. What a birthday present to me. I remember the pre-release was on my birthday. Yeah, I gave you your birthday present on on like at the at midnight the pre-release. pre-release as well. It was yeah. great fun. That was fun. And then October, we had one of the biggest crossovers of IPs of the year. We had Lord of the Rings, but we also had Doctor Who Commander. Yeah. It was amazing. Those four Commander decks. And then, I'm not sure if you know this, but we had 50 secret layers. I am aware because Tolarian Community College had his prediction that there would be more secret layers than weeks of the year so last year. So we had year. more secret layers than weeks of the year. They that did. I think just they insane. ended up reaching yeah, it was like 54 or something. So yeah. You know when we talk about product burnout for players when yeah. we're like talking about wow, we got so many products. I feel sorry for the workers at Wizards of the Coast who have to like produce more yeah. than one secret lair a week. It's wild. That I mean, is look, mental. The one thing I will say in favor of secret lairs is like they commission so much art. You know what I mean? That's like, true. The all art the art is always is incredible. New. And like, yeah. yeah, the artists, the artist showcases are my favorite because they celebrate some of the artists who have mm. like made massive contributions to our game over the years. Um, but even just like when they do, you know, like even if it's a goofy new style, obviously there are people who don't draw in that style who they will then commission like new artists to magic yeah. to, to bring in a new style of, of doing art. And I always think like if, if you don't like secret layer or like one of the secret layers in the arts, don't buy it. But yeah. for someone out there, someone would have looked at that and gone, that is the coolest thing I have ever seen and I want that in my commander deck. I mean they keep on making them. Like yes, the, they, they the clearly goofy, sell weird text yeah. like ones are, are becoming more and more common. Um lots to be said about ac- accessibility like mm. and I mean accessibility in terms of ability to read the cards yes well i mean like those but some of them yeah like uh, i i'm a huge fan they've done a few of these secret layers now where they're like metal band posters yeah and i love them Mm -hmm. but 
I'm okay. I've been in the metal scene for years. Yeah. I can't read some of those cards. No, no. They're <laughs> so. like, some of them, are, and they they seem to be getting worse at this. I will say the, the, the earliest ones were kind of goofy and then they've gone like all in on like, oh no, you won't be able to read the card. Yeah. It looks like worse Phyrexian. They, they used to be- a- <laughs> Yeah. There used to be a joke in the metal community where if your band's logo, if your band's name looks like a bundle of sticks that's just been thrown on the ground, you're a real metal band. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's all you need. Yeah. You Otherwise, just... you, no, no instruments needed. What's your band called? <laughs> yep. That's nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's cool. You, you release an album. <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love when um, favorites yes. of the year. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so we've now gone through the whole year. Yes. Well, I have a feeling I know what your favorite set of the year is. Just because you are someone that never buys sealed product. And I saw you engage in more of the sealed product of this than any other set you've ever well because you bought me some for my birthday yes i did yeah i okay i'm right then i'm right then it was lord of the rings uh it was lord of the rings i actually didn't buy any well that's not true i bought some some of this product for my brother for christmas yes but uh, also anytime you could pick a prize pack you always chose lord of the rings look i and i had the an absolute blast opening those packs that you got me. You got me the sealed thing mm. with the, the um, scene cards, the four, you know, the one ring and Frodo and Sam and um, yeah. Gollum, um, that particular one. Yeah, th- this was so, so, so fun to see in Magic. Um, I have pr- expressed on the podcast before my um, hesitation towards the um, crossovers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of them are not done very well. Um, this lo- is the perfect setting for it. Though. It's literally like the inspiration for half of the stuff in the game originally is like, like if you look at the way goblins are designed and if you look at the Tolkien. way that elves are designed, like Tolkien. it's just every IP that was made around that time, Tolkien was just like the biggest inspiration you could yeah. have. Not to say it's like derivative, but it's, it's coming from there. And yeah, it just, as a result, it just seamlessly slides into magic. Like all of the creature types and stuff are familiar Even and make sense. Like yeah. some of the mechanics that came across were just like it made so much sense. Like Monarch, that like chase for the yeah. kingdom in the pre-cons that we got. Uh, like they did so much right. Like yeah. the the design of the Nazgul was so cool. Yeah. The the way the they made tempting. the ring tempting. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought as like as far as the designs, like for example, in the Doctor Who set, they mm-hmm. had time travel. Yeah, I thought that was a lot simpler than the ring tempting you. Like, yeah, I mean, you didn't have to have a whole card for that. Yeah, right? like time travel is just like anything that has a time counter. Do it. Do something with it. Yep. However you remove want to. or add. That's yeah, it. and yeah. that is a really simple mechanic to explain. And in my opinion, time travel as an IP crossover mechanic is better than the ring tempts. Mm-hmm. But. I was like struggling for a while to think, okay, how are you going to make the ring tempting you a mechanic in magic? Mm. And I spent ages thinking about it. And I genuinely think the way they did it is just good enough yeah. to be like, this is a real encapsulation of the law of the ring, mm-hmm. but also it's relevant enough in game that in limited, you want to be able to do it. Oh, in limited, it was super relevant. Yeah. And I, th- I think that they just did that line well enough that it made me go you know what bravo because i couldn't have done any better yeah (laughs) i mean that's the thing is like you have to show you have to demonstrate its effect 
that it has on you over time. So the the tiered system that they have makes the most sense, yes, right? Like yeah. you become stronger, the, but the ring becomes stronger. Anyway, yeah, they, mm. they did that really well. Um, I also want to specifically shout out the art for this set. Mm. Everything just looked so, so, so beautiful. And especially all of the peripheral stuff, like all oh, like of the, the little- scene cards? The scene cards, yeah. all the little, um, like the little pamphlets that you get in sealed products and stuff, all the play mats, all of the boxes- like yeah. the the when you buy the um you know sort the of fat bundle. pack style yeah. things yeah like gift bundles and they come in those sort of fat packs you know like the long sort of um even the dice the special edition dice yeah. that they had they were gorgeous everything was just like it felt Lord of the Rings and it was gorgeous and it felt magic like I just I don't think they could have done it basically any better and look I'm obviously biased it's an IP that I care deeply about and have for pretty much my entire life um but like. They nailed it, you know, like they, yeah. they, they so easily, I want to be clear here. They so easily could have failed this. Like just because it's oh, Lord of the Rings for sure. doesn't mean I would have said it's my favorite set of the year. They could have, they could have stuffed up the mechanics. They could have stuffed up the lore. They could have made it not fit into magic very well. And I wouldn't have liked this set very much, but if they anything, nailed all of that. And it's my favorite IP. Like you just can't go wrong. If anything, they could have really screwed up because oh, yeah. like the, the crossover of fans is yeah. one-to-one. Oh, like, pretty amount- much everyone that plays magic has also watched or read Lord of the the rings the amount of like knowledge and also expectation that the magic community has towards lord of the rings is so high and you can see that in how friggin stupid they got about the fact that aragon was black yeah oh my god which by the way i want to be really clear i loved that i I, all it took for me i want to be clear on this (laughs) i saw one tiktok from a black magic creator who expressed how meaningful it was to him mm. to see himself represented on a card. And that enough was enough for me to just go like, yeah. that's great. I don't care how accurate the lore is or whatever, if it means that much to someone to see themselves represented on a card and about friggin' time too. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, no, I love that. But yeah. I, I, I came at it from a little bit of a different perspective. I came at it from like, as a white Anglo-Saxon man, I saw a black man represented on a card of like a hero and I went, cool. It doesn't yeah, matter to me. It, doesn't it matter. genuinely didn't matter at all. And like, I respect. And when I hear those stories of people going, I have now got representation on a card yeah. who I not only play, but also admire the character and the lore and I aspire to. I go, that's great. I love that. But my immediate reaction was, that was my immediate reaction. It yeah. was actual silence because I didn't It doesn't care. matter. Yes. I, yeah. I remember seeing so many people being like, oh, um, but what about like, you know, the, the little white kids who want to have white Aragon? It's like, cool. You know, the, the three the, the movies films, that they The produced. films. You can watch the films. Anyway, oh I don't want to, I don't want to rag on about that. We're not a politics podcast, but um, I love that set. I think it was amazing. What, what was your favorite set of the year? Well, look, I, I think the other major IP, Doctor Who, for mm-hmm. me, I I am a more of a Doctor Who nerd than I am a Lord of the Rings nerd. And I think you're more a Lord of the Rings than you are a Doctor Who nerd. Yes. Probably. I, think I w- would say that. I loved it. I loved it. And I thought, again, the time travel mechanic was like l- accurate and simple to explain mm-hmm. and just fit well. The decks were amazing. The fact that they just brought out stuff you could brew with. I loved it, but I think it fell short on a couple of things in terms of the decks were very complicated. And I really think, complicated. And the whole point of these IP crossovers, <laughs> wait, wait, in my wait. opinion. Complicated. Very complicated. Very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Only a Hoovian will get that. Anyway, sorry, go on. Nailed that. <laughs> but like the whole point of these IP crossovers was to make the game appealing to non-magic players like to bring doctor who fans into magic 
with the, you know, you're like, oh, you could play the 14th Doctor, the new David Tennant Doctor, yeah. as your commander. Oh, come on, come on, come on, get it. It They were so complicated. I felt bad trying to send the cards as, like, to my friends that watch Doctor Who but don't play Magic to be yeah. like, you should play this because the cards are just complicated. Yeah. And, like, so confusing. I've got a, a couple of friends who do listen to this podcast, by the way. Shout out Mercedes and Ben. Um, they're Doctor Who nerds as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to buy the rest of the pre-cons and have a game night with my partner and them yeah. to be like, here's Doctor... And I was... I played it. The first time I played the four pre-cons together, I was like... I'm losing it. Like, there's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making token copies of cards. That's a whole, like, it, oh, it was just a, an absolute mess. So mm. that's why it's not my favorite. <laughs> okay. All right. Commander, Commander Masters was my favorite. Ooh. For a couple of reasons. One, I think the reprints in it were needed. Mm-hmm. I think we got some incredible reprints. We got the, the, um, medallions reprinted in that yep that was a much long needed time coming yep. we got fierce guardianship deflecting swat that whole cycle the free cycler spells yep. that price needed to come down but also the reason i loved it and i i really hope the space commanders asked me to do like a review on commander draft mm. because i think it is such a hard thing to get right and they've done it a few times now and every single time it has gotten better yeah and commander masters was the best draft environment I think they've done for Commander so far. Well, this was the one where they trialed the new thing where when you would draft a monocolored legendary creature, for the purposes of draft, those creatures have partner. Yes. So you could just draft, you know, I drafted a deck with, I think, I think like a mono Frick's green. the Sudden Storm. Yeah, and I had Bricks the Sudden Storm and then my green creature was, um, ah. Oh, Morrowind? No, not. Ah, oh, what's the elf who ETBs and you put counters on stuff? Oh, Rishkar, Rishkar. Rishka. I had Rishkar yeah. and Thrix were my two in the command zone. You pulled zone. a crater hoof in that pre-release, didn't I you? I did. That's yeah. I, that was my first pick. That was pack one, <laughs> I was pick like, one. all right, I'm building Simic yeah. Stompy. See, like I built a really, I built like a green black monarch deck using Joriel, where mm. it's whenever you draw your second card for turn, you make a two two cat. Yeah, great so card. The whole point of my deck was just to make myself monarch for as long as possible. So I was drawing two cards a turn and making a two two every turn. Yeah, that's enough value in draft to win. Yeah. I I also had Razaketh as my second commander, just as a... Seems good. Yeah. <laughs> a kind of haymaker finisher, but yeah. like, it was it was such a fun draft environment. Not only because I annihilated that draft and it was on my birthday. I think those might be influencing my answer a little <laughs> sure. bit. But I genuinely think the set as a reprint set was fantastic. And I think the environment of limited commander is like untouched territory. And I think that in 2024, there could be some new things that happen in limited commander mm. we could even see like a like i don't know a, a, have it at events like at command fest or something yeah. like that because even at command fest this year there wasn't any commander limited it was go Just play lord mystery of the booster limited, limited or yeah. lord of the rings limited and yeah. i'm like yeah cool but this is about the format of commander it's mm. about being put in a pot of four and having politics and communication be a part of the game yeah and the set just nailed that that's fair. I I I definitely enjoyed the price of singles after that set came out. Yeah. I think my only main criticism of it is the same one that was echoed by a lot of people, which is just the price. It was just way too expensive. Yeah, I didn't mention that for a reason. Yeah. It's yeah. just like I don't know. That was that was unforgivable for me. It was just like I I did the it, it I did the was... sealed event. I literally if it wasn't your birthday, I don't think I would have done sealed for Commander Masters. Yeah, okay. That that's how pricey it was where I was just like 
like, <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I buy singles, as we know. Um, the pro- the number of singles, like, I, I could have brewed and built and bought a new deck for the price of that Commander Masters pre-release, pre-release, yeah. Yeah, you I, I, and a good Commander Commander deck. I could have brewed, I could have bought the sleeves and the box, and I would have been set. Um, versus, yeah, I pulled like the hoof was worth like twenty five bucks. I pulled like another card worth ten bucks, and yeah. I spent like what was it? It was like seventy Australian. I think or it was something. like sixty five, seventy dollars Australian. Yeah, I just, is, it was too look, much. I found it predatory. Is yeah, the word I'm going to use because sure. they knew Commander players were going to buy. The product anyway. They priced so they, it the amount they knew that yes. people would pay. And this is the this is the beautiful and disgusting thing about capitalism is <laughs> as if you're selling product, people will buy it for a certain amount, and there is a limit to that amount. You choose where you set it from there. Yeah, like and how high can you go? And that's that's basically what Wizards did. Is they went as high as they could go. Yeah, and they found that kind of sweet spot. And yeah, it convinced just enough people to buy the product. Mm. If the set was valued at like a modern horizons set yeah. for example i would be okay with it yeah especially because the packs are bigger yeah you are actually getting more cards and i do think the value of the cards are better but like again the professor says this all the time it's cardboard yeah it costs them the same yeah to make a standard set no. in terms of materials yeah as it does a commander master set and yeah, I didn't mention that for a reason. Let yeah. me have my fun, man. It was I, a good set. It was a good set. I don't want to take that away from you. And I agree the draft was fun. Um, least favorite sets. I'll go first. This one's easy for me. I think me. we have the same, right? Surely. I think we might. I, my least favorite is Aftermath. Yeah, that wasn't a set. It wasn't it a set. It wasn't a set. So this, for those who don't remember, was the set where they trialed packs with half as many cards. Was it five cards in the pack or something silly? I think it was... And Maybe seven or eight. I and there were no remember. commons. So it was basically like there would, there would be three uncommons in a pack and a rare and then like a flex slot, I think, that could be a foil or could be a something yeah. else. I, f- I, I don't even remember. This felt thing. flimsy. Yeah, like yeah. Like they genuinely felt like a, a birthday card. Yeah. Like- well, and because there were no commons... So there were more uncommons, I think, but there were mm. sig- having no commons cuts down the number of cards substantially. Yes. As a result, there were just not very many cards in the set, full stop. And also the value was really low. There was basically mm. the only good pull was the Nissa, which this is the Nissa who's now a creature again. Resurgent Am- Animus. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that might be the it's one. It's like, it's a weird Lotus Cobra effect that also when it's the second time a land ETB is you look at the top X cards and find an elemental or something like okay. that. Yeah. It's it an elf or an elemental or something like that. Yeah. It, but it was pricey. It's seeing a lot of play in standard yeah. um, in some decks, but yeah, I, it's just such a non set to me. And you also know? you can't draft it. So what a non event. It just, like, it, it felt like such a pathetic, like pathetic is a, End, well, just like an end to that arc, though. Like, they, they've been building up this new Phyrexian invasion, mm. or they had been, for many sets. Like, Kaldheim had it. Zendikar Rising, like, had some stuff towards it. Like, they, they yep. knew it was coming. And, that yeah, they gave it the multi-set treatment of doing March of the Machine and... um uh What's the one before? Phyrexia or Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they had they had a few sets of it, but this was supposed to be the, like, you know, the neat bow at the end well, of I mean, to tie it all together, and it just was messy. I think I think maybe Spice 8 Rack, they said that, like, we got 
so many sets for like a war in Dominaria with like the Mirrodin and like the Phyrexian arc back then. And that was mm. one city on one plane. Yeah. And like this, this story beat was like a multi, like one of the cards is breach the multiverse. Yeah. And it's about the tendrils of the tree from Kaldheim, like mm. breaking through the world tree. Ed, the world tree. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Breaking through the entire multiverse. And we got one and a half sets for it. Yeah. I just felt like it was like, I, w- I would say that March of the Machine and Aftermath collectively are my least favorite. Okay. I think Aftermath is like is definitely the problem. I think March of the Machine had some really good design space. Like, for example, the team-up commanders in March of the Love Machine. Love those. I mean, I've spoken at length about Catilda and Leah. Yeah. Would not have that deck without that set. So. And like, you know, Talia and the Git, uh, the Gitrog. Like, great card. Great card. I yeah. think there are some like really cool design spaces where you can combine two legendaries with without doing the partner thing. I think yeah. there's a really cool play space within that Agreed. thing. They could have done more of them. I, could, I felt like it was... You could have had it span over a couple of sets. You could have been like, the first set is about maybe Ixalan, um, the invasion on Ixalan, the invasion on Tarkir, and the invasion on Ikoria. And it's all about monsters and you know yeah. dinosaurs and stuff. And then we have another one where it's like the invasion of... Dominaria. Uh, Dominaria, maybe... Um, Ravnica. Ravnica, where it's more like people and civilization. Yeah. And there was such a cool opportunity for like a block structure. And I think we mm. actually put block structure as one of our things we want. Uh, in an episode a while ago. Oh, yeah. We so wanted like- to return to like, to, well, at least like two set blocks, maybe. Mm. Yeah. This was definitely a story beat that needed a block and probably a three set block and not <laughs> half a yeah, set. The way that they crammed it all together. Yeah. Mm. Ag- I agreed. It, it just didn't work. So, that all in mind, that was all what we thought about the sets of 2023. Yeah. What do we want from 2024 sets? What do we want for this year? I think. I genuinely think the quality, like the actual quality of the product is getting better and better. Like mm-hmm. the quality of the cards, the quality, even the the pre-cons that they are producing now. I feel like they're in 2021 and 2022, they did feel a bit slapdash. They kind of felt like they just crammed some cards in to a commander deck. They were inconsistent as yes. well. Like and they some like of they them were, were really good. But they were some doing of them like three things. Yeah. Well, the, the Brothers War ones were famously fantastic. Oh. That was that was last year. Uh, 2022, excuse me. Um but yeah, like then you the next set, then the price would drop down, the quality of the cards would drop right. down. I was like, what's happened here? I think Brothers War was the start of the new good quality precons yeah. of Commander. And well, I think- we saw it with Lord of the Rings and with Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Mm-hmm. The precons from those sets are really good and really yep. fun. Yep. I will say Commander Masters fell short a little bit this year. Oh, just the, again, price. Price. I mean, the cards cards in them were great, but like, yeah, the pre-cons I think were amazing. And I think I would love to see more of those pre-cons just on shelves. And like, I used to be like, oh, they're making so many pre-cons. There's just so much to keep up with now. But if that brings new players into our format, Mm. bring it on. Bring it on. Especially, I actually like it as a way to do the universes beyond stuff, to do the pre-cons, because it's a really good way. Like the Warhammer 40k they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, that there was an, an obvious way in for... Like, the strategy made sense. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, the, the universe is beyond secret layers. is kind of like, uh, I'm not so sure about this. But when, when it's a pre-con, it's like, no, okay, I get it. Yeah. Someone who's, like the Doctor Who sets. Yeah, someone yeah. who was in a, in a store 
you know, 40k, for instance, someone might be in a store playing Warhammer and go like, what the hell? They've got cards now? Yeah. I'm going to grab one of those. And then they can sit, sit down at a commander night. They can pull it out. They can play a game with it. They can learn the rules of magic through this avenue of stuff that they know. Well, shout out to the Dirty D6 Dozen, which is a group of Warhammer players at our local game store. Yeah. That I convinced about five or six of them to come to a commander night and they all bought the Warhammer decks. Yeah. And they still play them, which is yeah. great. And they're still, like, they're not magic players, but they now understand understand how to play the Warhammer decks. Yeah. The thing that I would like is if they are doing these IP crossovers, Mm -hmm. make it simpler. Yeah. And I think genuinely give the design space less room to be so creative. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but like, for example, trying to explain the ring tempting you to a brand new player is a lot insane. Yeah. It's just insane. And having the Doctor Who precons have like 10 legendary creatures that all do very different things mm-hmm. and have like a paragraph or two of text on each card. Yeah. No, I'm I sorry. We'll get more into that when we talk about cards as well, but I'm, I'm with you, definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think I want to see less products. <laughs> yep, fair enough. <laughs> Still, like, they, they slowed down. Uh, I don't even know that they, they, they really did slow down. The, the secret layers thing is silly. The, there's no way the quality of the reprints mm. they're picking is going to be that high when they're doing 50 of them. Um, and also, it's impossible to keep up. Like, there's, I've missed ones. I, I've looked at ones before after they've happened and gone, that's sick. I may, maybe would have finally bought one <laughs> if I'd known this one was out, out. But it's like, how do you even keep up? It's like a new one every week. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that like there are so many people in our LGS that just buy pretty much every secret layer. I don't know how they have the money. Yeah. But then I can just be like, can I have that single? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just You've got like a one. Phyrexian Shieldred, I think, from one of yes. these, right? Yeah. I've got... I, well, I actually... I That was the one secret layer that I bought. Oh, which really? was the full Phyrexian Yeah, the, all the Praetor cycle. Yeah. yeah um, so I've got, I've got a couple left to trade. So if you do want a Phyrexian Praetor, get, I, let me know. I don't. But <laughs> like, I think... I just think they looked really cool and they one of my mates was cool. buying them. But that's the only one I've ever bought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, price I would like to see less ridiculous pricing. Aftermath was absolutely silly. They charged basically the same amount for mm-hmm. half of a, a, a booster pack. And then they, uh, you know, somewhat doubled the number of cards in a pack and more than doubled the price with Commander Masters. And it's like, this is just greed. Um, I don't like seeing it's it. It's predatory. It's predatory. Yeah. I understand that they want to have premium products. Like, it, it makes sense. They want to have, you know, booster packs want to be this entry-level thing that anyone can pick up. That's- well, now we've got play boosters. Yeah. Which is the other thing. We're at- combined so I- set and draft boosters. I guess together. we are shifting to less products now, which is it's kind of nice, good. actually. Yeah. Um, good Games Australia put a, um, a post on their Instagram about how play boosters work. It's mm. a really simple diagram. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I want to see less of is commander must-haves in every set. Mm-hmm. I think that there was always like a chase card in every standard set for commander plays. Didn't mm. have any relevance on standard, any relevance on mm. Mon, any relevance on Pioneer, but it was like, hey, commander players, this is your reason to buy this product. Yeah, Moonshaker Cavalry in yes. Wilds of Eldraine, the white Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah, give even- creatures plus X plus X and flying till end of turn. Like, it, it's a win con. If you're playing mono white and you're playing going wide, that's your win con. You need yeah. one. And I think that there's like some like. There are cards that are commander must-haves, like, for example, Roaming Throne. The, oh, that card is so silly. It's from so, Lost so good, though, but it's yeah. also good in Limited, and it's also good in Standard right now. Yeah. I approve of that card because it wasn't designed like 
commander players were going to want this. Oh, well, like Moonshaker Cavalry is a commander card. Yes, you, that you're was... Not, you're not playing that in limited. You're not playing that in standard. If that was my pack one rare, I would pass it. Yeah. Well, if you're building a good deck... On Arena. I'd pass <laughs> it on Arena in <laughs> Where, paper. <laughs> if he wanted the cards and it yes. was in paper, he'd grab it. Yes, yeah, I would do sure. the same. Yeah, but pick, pick one white card. Uh, pack two, reset how you're building your deck. <laughs> Oh, what a good green card. I guess we're building green now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we, speaking of cards, should we go into more specifics? Less sets, more yes. cards. Okay. Let's talk about the cards that came out this year. Um, there were 2017. 2017 new cards. 2017. Damn. That, that feels is quite like a lot. High. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Like the Doctor Who pre-cons were all unique all unique cards i mean a couple of reprints yeah like carpet of flowers and a few other things the number of unique cards in that set was very high Mm. obviously then there's a there were all the standard sets but then oh i guess the reprint sets don't count so commander masters and um dominaria remastered they're not contributing to this because there were oh no there were mechanically unique cards in the pre-cons for commander masters so there's a couple actually every set of pre-cons would have had at least a couple mechanically unique cards so that would have been a big big factor Mm. here still 2000 that's quite quite a lot um i guess if we're going to look at uh favorite cards or maybe just like big cards that came out this year uh clever concealment this was a mm. uh, commander precon card this is the one that protects your board mondrak glory dominus doubles um, your token another one <laughs> another one quite another, another one, one. <laughs> <laughs> um breach the multiverse yeah i shared this out a few episodes ago as ending a lot of games i think it's a sick card it's great i think it's a great really top strong monica yep and if you've got big creatures that you want to cheat out from your own deck, it's a good way to do that mm-hmm. and just get extra value from your opponents too. Mm. I do, in terms of th- them doing the story right, I do like when powerful cards from the set are the key story beats. Yes, breaching so, the, the multiverse is the powerful thing. And yeah. it's awesome art too. It's very yeah. like, sort of like immense and yeah. For sure. Um, Fairy Mastermind. Oh yeah, I run that in my CDH deck. Yep, this um, is the creature with flash whenever a player draws their second card. Yes. You draw a card as yep. well. And yep. you can pay three and a blue and each player draws a card. Yeah. Which is underused in my opinion. I've, mm. I've activated that a few times and gotten like plenty of cards from it yeah because if someone's already drawn a card the, the trick is you make them draw another one and then that triggers your fairy mastermind you'll draw again correct so it's not it's not four mana everyone draws a card it's four mana you draw two everyone else draws one also, sometimes you might draw more than two yeah two mana flying flash too like yeah it's sick. cdh playable for a reason yep, yep. uh lotho corrupted sheriff Another CDH playable card. Yep. So this is the cast your second spell. Play cast the second spell. You make a treasure. Uh, Orcish Bowmasters, of course. Oh. Um, the One Ring. That is well, a big one. Yeah. That's that's probably the card of the year. I'd say so. In like, terms of the effect on every format. Yes. It's it's warped every format. It's legal. And like the whole One of One Ring. That was like a story for months. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, Shout out Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> quite a few Lord of the Rings cards here actually. Sting the Glinting Dagger. Oh yeah, this the card's just great. Thing, yeah. yeah, great in any deck where you've got a commander that needs to untap. Um, Last March of the Ents. I am yet to test this card in any of my mm. decks. I really want to. I think it's awesome. I couldn't just justify the price for buying a copy myself, but every time I've seen someone else cast it, it goes off. Yeah. Very strong card. Big, big Timmy play there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wilds of Eldraine, we had Beseech the Mirror. This is the Tudor where you sack something. It goes to the battlefield, basically, if you sack yeah. something. Basically, it gets the one ring to the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> this is your. This is the second ring. Yeah, this is um, the ring for one black, black, black and sacking a token yeah. or an artifact or enchantment. The one ring 
but another one. Yeah. Um, another one. <laughs> another one. Another one ring. Um, Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Oh, this yeah. one's a lot more relevant in other formats than ours, I would say. I mean, in CDH, there's a lot of really cool okay. co- combos around Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Yep. Specifically, Walking Ballista just makes that oh, thing yeah. go off. Makes sense. Um, so you basically exile stuff from your graveyard, and then you... The- any creatures with plus one counters on it have the abilities of creatures exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Yeah. So basically, you exile any two things that would go infinite together, and they go infinite together on the one creature now instead. Yep. Uh, Wilds of Eldrain, we already spoke about Moonshaker Cavalry. That was probably the biggest uh, draw card there. I, I suppose the last two also Wild Spell Drain. I will shout out while we're on that, the the Mystical Archive or the, the Enchanting Tales I think is what they called it. Yeah. The reprints of Ristic Study, getting more art for yeah. Ristic Study was amazing. They did Hardened Scales. They Doubling did Season. Mystic Remora. Reprints. Shout out those reprints. I Very quickly just wanted to say that. That had a really significant effect on those prices. I had a few cards that I've been looking at that are sort of around the eight or, eight or $9 mark yeah. that became came three or four dollars and that was like justifiable for me so yeah. i picked up a hardened scales i picked up a um copy enchantment that got oh a that's a huge card um i picked up a sanguine bond that Ooh, got a reprint yeah, in that okay. one as well really cool art on that one very goth looks kind of like a, a tim burton film or something on oh, a tim burton um like the night before christmas kind of oh, animation style i love that movie yeah very very I cool i just looked up by the way the ristic study from prophecy is now 36 bucks that's come down. Have a look at like the enchanting tales. There was a study. lot of forty-five. Yeah. It's come down though. Yeah, I'm yeah. Happy about Everything's this. come down yeah. that they reprinted there. For I'm not sure. saying Ristic Study is now an affordable card and can no. go in every deck, but like, yeah. But it's good to not have it be out of hand for sure. Um, and then Lost Caverns of Ixalan. There's a few cards people looked at. The big one is Roaming Throne. Yeah, God, um, cards four mana. If if your commander has a triggered ability of any kind, Roaming Throne goes in your deck. Yep. If you're playing any kind of typal deck where you care about things triggering, Roaming Throne goes in your deck. There's a reason it started at $8 and is now $22. It's uh, 22 It's very strong. Damn. Um, favorite cards of the year? I think... <laughs> I'm not going to go with any of the cards that are on that list. Sure. Um, my favorite card of the year is Conduit of Worlds. Oh, the four mana you can play lands from graveyard and then it's got an activated ability. Yeah, you, you t- it's an artifact. Yeah, play lands from graveyard, you can tap it. You can cast a card from your graveyard this turn. Yeah. Um, only as a sorcery. And if you do, you can't cast any other spells this turn. You run this in your Barbala Saga deck, don't you? It's it's great in Barbala Saga. I also have it in my Meron deck because oh, you just fill the yard yeah. so much of the time. And to look, like keep in mind the you know, what what's the card that everyone plays? The um Crucible of Worlds. It's three mana. No, four mana. Crystal of Worlds is a four generic, isn't it? No, it's three. Is it three? three. Okay, well, yeah. for one more, admittedly you're in green. You have yeah. to lock yourself into green for this. But for one more, you get a card that just says you can play lands from your graveyard and has extra text on it. Yeah. Like, I think this card's underplayed and I just think it f- has really fun lines. Much like, better price than Crucible of Worlds as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like three or four bucks. Yeah. I think people are sleeping on this card. I think it'll creep up in price soon. I just think in, in the decks I've played it in, it's just resulted in some really fun lines i like that it's an artifact as well you sometimes that becomes relevant yeah where, like in bubble saga yeah you, you can sack it as an artifact which is kind of fun yeah and, yeah my favorite card from the year is also not on our list of oh, like okay. influential cards sure. just because i love the idea of playing with this card in so many different ways mm-hmm. born upon a wind from the lord of the rings set this is basically the new flash right the card flash it's not quite banned. but it's pretty it's not close as good it's as that. pretty close but it's yeah it's one and a blue for an instant that says you may cast spells as if they had flash this turn 
and draw a card. Just just replaces itself in your hand. Yeah. It's not breaking any formats. No. But I think this card is just a sneaky include in any blue deck. And like genuine, I've been thinking about putting one copy of Born Upon a Wind in all of my decks that wow. have blue just to see if it actually is relevant. Yeah. Because like, I also think it's a really strong CEDH play. Mm -hmm. There are some really cool lines where you can like exile a bunch of cards with Necropotence. And then on end step, once you get them all, cast Born Upon a Wind and basically get the value from Necropotence uh, immediately. That's fun. Pretty sick. That's really cool. And also you can just sneak stuff into play. And I think that like, there's so many, I mean, there's so many players like me that just love holding up mana on other people's turns. Mm -hmm. If you have this card in your hand, you have infinite possibilities of what you can do on your turn. Yeah. I mean, it replaces itself. I, yeah. I think it's fun. I, I'll say that. Yeah. I, I think it's a fun card and I'm glad it exists. Yeah. Um, my least favorite card of the year is the One Ring. Ooh. I just think, look, I admittedly am coming at this. I don't see it very much in casual, which I'm glad about. Every time I've seen it in CDH, it just warps the game. If you don't kill the player who has the One Ring, they just win. Mm. Um, admittedly, want to be really clear, I'm coming at this from my stacks perspective. It plays around stacks so well. Yeah, because you're not casting anything to get it. Nope. The only thing that would stop it is really oof, Collector Oof. Yep, Collector Oof yep. would do it. And I don't play Collector Oof in my deck because you play a bunch of mana rocks to get at your commander faster. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Um, look, I I just think... so. It, I hate cards that are just like, okay, we have to deal with you now. Mm. And it's it's four generic. It goes in every deck. It's indestructible. It just like... It time walks all of your opponents because you can't even do anything to them once they've cast it. I just think it's really boring. And I think the format would be better if this card wasn't in it. Oh, that's a big call. I mean, look, I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm. It's it's a it's a warping card. I think that the fact that it does have those bird encounters makes the player easier to kill. Yeah, like, but they I, also get a whole turn off. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just I literally have found like I reckon of the times in a CDH game that someone has resolved the One Ring, I reckon they've won over eighty percent of the time. Mm. And I think that's silly. Well, I was <laughs> playing a game. Okay, actually. I'm going to agree with you now because mm -hmm. I was playing a game like a couple of nights ago and I had an opening hand with no colored pips of yep. mana producers. I had an ancient tomb and a mana crypt and one ring. And I thought that alone is enough of a reason for me to keep. And I was going first. Yeah. So for reference, this is James's Niv-Mizzet Perun deck. Extremely important to have colored pips. Really important. But you know you're going to draw that many cards. It doesn't matter. Well, I was like, I'm going first. I j if I don't get Force of Willed, I win this game. Yeah. And I got Force of Willed. Funnily enough... I did end up coming back and getting very close in that game. Didn't wow. quite win it. But I ended up managing to resolve a Dockside later in the game. Right. I drew... My only coloured pip for like four turns was Basic Mountain. <laughs> I'm not kidding. In a blue control deck, it's not what you want. <laughs> should have resolved Blood Moon. It was yeah, so, would have actually problems. gotten more pips. <laughs> um, what was your least favourite card of the year, do you reckon? Well, look, I got like... A couple that annoy me, but I'm going to give a bit of a bracket here and just say Talion and Atraxa in the same bracket. Oh, the new Atraxa the ETB ETBs, you basically draw six cards or yeah. from the top ten. Get to choose the best. Silly card. Ridiculous. Yeah. The reason why I'm putting Talion and Atraxa in this pile is also coming from a bit of a CDH mindset. Keep in mind, I'm playing a lot of CDH at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I just hate commanders that immediately become the objectively right commander to run 
in any color in like mm. the particular like talion if you're in demir and you just want a demir shell like yeah. a your average demir mid-range control list mm-hmm. of cdh talion right like the only other option really is yuriko and that's a completely different deck oh yeah yuriko is a yuriko deck not a yes. demir deck correct really. i yeah. just think like yeah and atraxa is now like the food chain commander mm. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, look, there's a reason that Golos got banned, right? Like, yes, it, immediately the right choice to run for a five color deck. Yeah, you can do anything with Golos, and it was fine to yeah. do it that way. And it was probably right to choose Golos as your commander. Yeah, I think the the format gets worse when there's less variance in commanders people play. I just um, think yeah. even in casual, like, yeah. I just hate commanders that just go, "Hey, if you want a really good commander in these colors." And you don't, you're like, your deck is just trying to do generally what those colors do. You've not got mm. like a Vorthos theme. You've not got, yeah. you know, a type that you're working around. Talion. Yeah. Like, I it's just, just the right choice. It's also just a bit boring. I also think that Talion as a card is very strong and people don't understand how strong it is. Yeah. People are not removing Talion. And like, yeah. oh my God. It draws just, so many cards. It does. It's like better than Rhystic Study sometimes mm. i mean it's a risky <laughs> study in the command so yes i'll say basically. that yeah um that's fair i agree with you what do we want from cards in 2024 i have one very more than anything else if wizards if you're listening if you don't do any of these other things this is my only request yeah put less text on the card yeah. i want less text on the cards yeah, cards are that's... so wordy there are so many cards these days that i look at read and go that seems like it would be good in my Marin deck I don't want to play it. It's too many words. What's the? That's a lot of words. Too bad I'm not reading yeah. them. <laughs> well, the the meme. Um, I'm sorry that happened. No, glad that happened. No, it's like sorry that happened or glad. I don't know. I'm not reading that, bro. <laughs> Whatever. Like the screen <laughs> screen grabs. Look, I agree. The only reason I haven't built a Doctor Who deck yet is because all the doctors are like a novel in of themselves. Yeah. I'm not reading those words. No, it's I just know. too much, and it, it's it makes the game harder for new players, and it just means. Yeah, cards are increasingly relying on explanations that nobody has. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't have. We you know, there's less support for judges. Um, the most played format of Magic is a casual one where judges wouldn't even be there, even if they were available. Yeah. Um, let's just l- have a simpler game. Like, yep. si- more complex cards are not better cards. And also, some sometimes you just get those cards with like one line of text that's unique enough that it can change the game, but it's very simple to understand. Yeah, like limitation breeds creativity. Yes. Sometimes you can tell someone was like, okay, I want to do a card that makes this thing happen, but I want it to be simple. And they come up with something yeah. You look at it and you go like, no, that makes sense. Like even, oh, I'm trying to think of the cards we were just talking about, but th- there's none come to mind of the cards that came out this year that are like simple and well, I like mean Fairy Mastermind and Lotho. I think these like caring yeah. about your second spells yeah. being cast. I think that's great. Breach the multiverse is perfectly yeah. fine. Mill ten, you get a creature like, from every graveyard. From yeah. every graveyard, that's pretty straightforward. But like cards like Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Yes, yeah, my god, that's a million words. Well, even Roaming Throne. Why does it have Ward two? Yeah. <laughs> just just cut a line of text on that card. It would yeah. still be extremely playable with like even it. Orcish Bowmasters is oh. pretty simple to understand. Uh, but like I don't the, know. The, if you remove the army, maybe it gets a bit simpler. Yeah, yeah that would probably but like, do it. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Simpler card design yeah. breeds for better gameplay. Yeah. 
I would argue that just like less auto includes in commanded. I think I said that from the sets, like less chase cards. Yeah. But yeah, less less of those specific cards in my opinion. That would be good. I'd also like to see less free spells. There wasn't oh, yeah. that many printed this this year, but we did get the reprints of the the, the commander did. free spell Look, cycle. Once they exist, I am of the opinion that they should reprint them as much as possible, so everyone has access to the game pieces. Yep. But they shouldn't print them in the first place. <laughs> so, um, look, the main one from this year is clever concealment. I just mm. don't like free answers. I think they incentivize bad deck building. They make it so that people just go like, okay, if I draw enough cards and have my win cons on board, I can just have my free spell. Also, it makes the EDH rec pages look boring. Yeah. You click on any Demir deck and it's got three cards always at the top. It's like, eh, I don't want to play those. Where are the other 90, like 96 interesting cards, not, well, 99 interesting cards, not 96. Um, Yeah, less free spells. Yeah. I want more interesting commanders. Like I said, with those team-up commanders in March of the Machine, I think that's a really cool way of like making cards do like multiple things yeah and like i don't mind if the commanders have a bit of text on them but like for mm. example katilda and Lear is blending katilda as a character and Lear as a character in a really interesting way yeah caring about spells and humans mm. like when you cast a human gets target spell games flashback that's just intuitive because those two cards work together like that like mm. it's just i i want to see more of that if anything i would love a m- another team up a reason for creatures on planes to team up i think that would be awesome i think they did like in- mostly we've asked for things this year that they didn't do well last year i think they already did do interesting legends really well i just want to see them do, yeah. do it again yeah more of them for sure i agree yeah that's that's yeah. most of what i want i think one more thing yeah I want cards that solve problems and not create problems. That's a very bit vague request, but no, I think I get what you mean. You, like the One Ring, for example. Yeah, that creates a problem. Yeah, where's the removal spell that was printed alongside yeah. it that gets the One Ring off the board? I just think maybe this year is the year of removal, and mm. lo- like you know, twenty twenty three was the year of problems. Yeah, and now this year is our, <laughs> our year of finding the removal. Oh yeah, that's I mean, what I'm hoping for. Last year they printed so many treasure hate cards. They weren't didn't necessarily explicitly say that, but they were. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the human dauntless something. The the human they printed in Lost Caverns of Ixalan that makes artifacts your opponent's control into the battlefield tapped. Oh yeah, that's and good one. you can pay X X and white and destroy each artifact with mana value. X. Oh yeah, it's like the ape shaman. The the um yeah, it's got yeah. like he's a human. Yeah, yeah, but it's got a, it's a very similar ability from a very common sideboard card. Oh, in Pauper. um, ah, oh, the ape. Yeah, yeah, it's a shaman. Gorilla shaman. Gorilla shaman. Gorilla that's shaman. It. Yeah, it's same similar- activated ability. You can just pop. Yeah, everything for zero CMC well, no, really quickly. That's a, that's a, a targeted one, whereas Dauntless is each artifact. Oh, so, so wow. Good, so the the reason I call it a treasure hate card is you can pay x equal to zero, x equal to zero, white, and blow destroy every all. artifact with mana value zero, and clues, food, every clue, every treasure. Every I food. want. More Monocrypt. of that. I want more of that. Yeah. I want more cards that answer the problems. Not and I get it. I get it. The cards that create the problems are exciting because mm. you want to be the problem. Yeah. But cards that resolve them make you feel like the tenth Doctor being very clever and being like, <laughs> "Aha! My sonic screwdriver just yeah. fucked your entire game plan." Uh, shout out cards at the crux. We looked. I looked yeah. at the data a lot in terms of the cards that are warping games, and yeah, the removal mattered, but it was usually not enough relative to the bombs that were being played. So, mm. yeah, I agree with you. I hope they print more answers, fewer bombs. Speaking of that, I'm going to 
I'm starting my game log, by the way. Ooh. We're going to do a hype. whole year of James's games. Nice. See if the Space Commanders want that done. Yeah. If not, I'm doing it for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about all we have for the first half, I reckon. So, we've got lots to talk about, including our favorite decks and episodes of this podcast, I reckon. Oh, but okay. we should take a thrifty interlude. It's a short little break. I kind of like the break you get. Um, when you work full time and it's that great little period between Christmas and New Year not the kind of size when you get when you're in high school where you get like six weeks off between that time but just just a little one like like you're an adult and you have to actually go back to doing hard work later yeah ah, oh, a, a very short good catchphrase there James that'll, yep. that'll help with our marketing of the script <laughs> for sure um, marketing major James over here no 30 um, grand well spent yeah <laughs> Um, we've got lots to talk about, but before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, it's the Cowled Merchant with some new wares. He's back. Would you like to read the card I'm featuring this week, James? I sure would, because I just think this is an auto-include in a lot of decks. Yeah. It's Demolition Field. It's a land, and it taps for a colorless. But it also has the activated ability to pay two, tap, and sacrifice Demolition Field. And destroy target non-basic land and opponent controls. That land's controller may search their library for a basic land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped. And then you can do the same. Ever wanted to blow stuff up, but not the things you care about? Got some old junk you don't need anymore, but desperate for some action in your life? Come along to the field of explosion! Old couch? Boom! Worried looking portrait of a maid? Bang! Harmless jar of black oil? Splat! Stick of dynamite? Take that somewhere else, please. That's just silly. It's the most entertaining sanctioned violence since the invention of sport in 16543 BCE. There was sport played before then. I saw it. But gosh, without a central governing body, people got really hurt. And that just doesn't happen anymore. Get budgeted! 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 You know, the, the the thing he's selling almost reminds me of a break room. Have you ever heard of break rooms? Oh, yeah. I love you, break you rooms. You went to one so yeah. recently. I, I took my partner for a, uh, their birthday party. You just it, break stuff, right? You literally get handed a baseball bat and like old cups and plates. <laughs> and you can break like stuff. purchase a computer monitor as oh. well just to like beat an old computer monitor to death. Nice. I also realized this card, I misread it. Yeah. The land that they get do not come into the battlefield tapped. No. You y- can your just, one you, and the one that other people yeah. get comes in untapped. So you actually will end up with an untapped mana after using this and that's why I think this card is like another reason to make this an auto include in a lot of decks I think this is the best version of this effect in colorless yes it goes in any deck yeah yeah yeah. and I well and admittedly (laughs) that is not wasteland or um strip mine strip mine which are extremely expensive yeah um if you want to see those as they come out they come out every Thursday in the thrifty Thursdays channel of the Greensboro commander communities discord server so you can check that out in the show notes that's also where we chat and hang out with a lot of other people speaking of chatting we've been doing it for like nearly an hour (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a beefy one thanks for sticking with us um we've got some more fun stuff ahead of us though I want to talk about the deck we built this last year yeah well we actually have like we play the game not just like yeah. look at the look and buy the product <laughs> we actually use these cards that we spend <laughs> ridiculous amounts of money on to play the game we do in fact play the game it's crazy um so i built five decks last year 2023 i built my mobile loyal companion deck that was really early in the year that was like january uh, i built katilda and leah 
I bought uh, Esther the Masked, mm-hmm. Thursday Incarnate, famously, my custom uh, yeah, banana that, deck. Yeah, that was built this, that that was in 2023, year. yeah. Uh, and Barbala Saga was the last one I built. So, I built five decks last year. Damn. Um, good good haul. Well they, done. They were all great. Like, yeah. I actually really enjoy playing every single one of these decks. I, I think I'm finally finding my way of building decks where they're not all in on the commander. Shout out Glass Cannon episode. <laughs> um, they're not all in on the commander, but the commander is integral, but the decks kind of work on their own. And all of these decks have done that for me. And um, they've just been so much more fun as a result. Yeah, smashed uh, it. Yeah. I think my favorite of the year deck that I built, by the way, sorry, those are all the decks I built that still exist. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of times I built a Moxfield draft of a deck and it never saw the light of day. Yeah, I've, I've done a few of those this year and yeah. it's just not done No. Nah. Anything. Once you, you pl- play tested on the pl- Moxfield playtest feature and you're like, this sucks. I don't, I don't, don't know why I did this. <laughs> don't even need an opponent to tell me this no, is terrible. <laughs> I know for a fact it is. Um, my favorite deck I built this year is the one I did Command Zero for. It's Katilda and Leah. Yeah. This deck is is without a shadow of a doubt the first one you're like, I feel like a Katilda and Leah game. Does anyone have that kind of power yeah. level? Yeah. Uh, it's just so fun. It's just like, it's bad, but it's like fun. It just like does stuff. It makes game actions. You can yeah. do, there's like really cool lines. I, I love, just, I love, I love the fact that you've said multiple times that it's the deck you enjoy losing with. And yeah. I think if there's a goal for any deck builder out there, build a deck you enjoy losing with. Yeah. Oh my God. What a win. Yeah. I, I think like if I can give practical advice for any deck, build a deck with a low mana curve mm. that makes and like interesting game actions early which is usually as a result of having a low mana curve yes. but those tend to be the decks that are fun to lose with because even when you lose you t- you've already done a bunch of stuff like it's the yep. decks that require a bunch of ramp and a bunch of setup before they do anything where yeah if you lose a game early like you're knocked out first in a game you'd be like cool i ramped yeah like and that's I did, my game i did nothing but cast like four versions of cultivate yep and that was my whole game and admittedly yeah. like ramp decks probably are good for this in that you have more mana sooner so you get to make more game action and the, bigger, so, the bigger plays happen on yeah, turn five yeah. yeah so maybe it's more an argument for having a cheap commander i think it's fun to have a commander that comes out early because you tend to do the decks thing earlier yeah i agree i've yeah. got a couple of decks what was your least favorite so <laughs> I'm. I hated this deck so much. I'm actually time warping it, and uh, admittedly, only a week. It ceased to exist on, I think, the 22nd of December, 2022. Oh, but okay. Look, it was relevant enough. This is the deck that became my Moru loyal companion deck. It's Sasaya Orochi's voice. This is from the original Kamigawa set. It's the three mana creature. You reveal your hand. If you have seven lands in hand, you fl- uh, flip it. And when I say flip it, I mean Rotate it. 180 degrees <laughs> into an enchantment that says when you tap a land for mana, you basically get as much mana as the number of lands with the same name. So if you have a bunch of forests, when you tap a forest for mana, if you have seven forests, it makes seven green. Um, very cool looking uh, card. And it was cool to brew. Awful awful deck to pilot yeah you, you did a lot of sandbagging you just sit you just sit there you just sit there putting lands in your hand for half the game and then if you're lucky you get seven uh seven lands and you reveal it and if you do though someone just like a cool removes the sire and it's like great <laughs> <laughs> pass the turn and then like when you actually do flip it yeah you tend to win and you just like spend all your mana in a million different ways but there's no middle ground like, this is the, yeah. the quintessential glass cannon deck. Either you go all in, you do this amazing, fantastical thing, or you do actual nothing. I reckon, actual nothing. I reckon the Space Commanders saw you play this deck and was like, hmm, there's a command in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I reckon let, let's force Walt to think about his Learn actions. Learn your lesson, Walt. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, yeah, that's me. Which decks did Fair you build enough. this uh, last year? Well, I only built three decks okay. this year, but I overhauled two. And when All I right. and because I'm an architect, not a tinkerer, uh-huh. when I overhaul something, I overhaul it. Yeah. Like I change like 20, 30, maybe even fifty cards yeah. in the deck. It's pretty much a new deck. Yeah, and it and it really changes the direction of how the deck works and functions. Commander sure. stays the same, everything else changes. Mm-hmm. The three new decks were the Scorpion God. Savine the Chronoclasm mm-hmm. and Tornos as his apprentice. Yeah. I technically built that at the end of 2022, but it... It was it, built for the same f- event as Sasaya Rocky's yes, voice, actually. At, mine lasted and, like, got edited because I built mm. it for an event and then once that event was over in 2022, I rebuilt it and did, like, an overhaul pretty much immediately. The event and- had a price restriction for those who don't know. Yes. So, yeah, you've since put g- good expensive cards in there, which yeah. is fair enough. And, yep. it, and it works now. And the two decks that I overhauled were Liesa, Shroud, Shroud of Dusk, mm-hmm. and Phylaf World Sculptor. Nice. Which I realize appeared a lot in your um, the game log. game log because I overhauled it and it was a new deck and yep. I played it a lot. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, Phylaf, Savine, and Tornos, I think, were three of the most common decks that I saw in my game log when I played against you. In so. this year, for sure. Yeah. I think out of the new decks that I've built this year, I think... Savine was such an awesome thing for me to build because it's mm. like I have always been known as the spell slinger type player, but I've not had a spell slingery storm off kind of do the thing a million times mm. deck for well, a while. Since Niv Mizzet became CDH, yeah. in casual games, you haven't really had like an explicitly spell slinger deck. I guess your closest is probably your Yaleva deck. Yes. That, but that's more like a big spells kind of It's still of deck. spell slingery, but it's yeah. definitely a... Oh, the, oh, I overhauled that this year as well. Oh, okay. I left that off the list. There I did go. change a lot of those cards. Yeah. Granted, since I changed it, I don't think I play it as much anymore just because mm. I think it's too refined and it's doing a thing too well now. Yeah. Might be a deck that I look at either doing another overhaul on or cutting entirely. But mm-hmm. I think the, the Savine deck for me was such a go back to my roots because I actually bought the Savine, the Chronoclasm pre-con when it came out and I loved that deck heaps. I actually played Alesha of the Infinite as the mm. phase commander for a Elsha. while. Elsha. Elsha, Elsha yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and I loved it and I love this whole kind of like copy spells, do multiple yeah. things because I also, I love it when I get to put the spell on the table like the card and then I get to put an infinity token on top of it to represent the copy. I just feel cool. I'm like, I'm yeah. creating spells out of nothing. Um, but it's very I, you. It's very how you play Commander. Yeah. But my favorite deck is Tornos, for yeah. sure. The one I did my Command Zero on as well. Yeah. I just, Tornos is just quintessential James leaving up a ton of mana and having 30 different decision tree options. And whatever happens on my opponent's turn dictates my answer and like how mm. I respond. It's also just a bit of a Timmy deck where it's like I can justify playing really splashy things like i've got a a mere battle sphere in there yeah. i've got like those kinds of big splashy plays if they have like a huge ability of some kind having the ability to copy it means it's worth it like yeah. you know the 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 mere battle sphere thing of tapping you know all your untapped mirror and dealing a bunch of damage when that happens twice it's doming you for a time it's like you know take 10 and yeah. then block this 15 4 whatever yeah. it is yeah yeah i think tornos was such a fun deck to build and to pilot and i 
also would argue that it's the deck I have most fun with losing because mm. usually I'll have done something really weird that I've never seen the deck do before and that's enough for me. Or a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> usually it's like... Dude, tap, untap turned, this, do this. I turned Myriad Landscape into an artifact and then I did this. That's not weird anymore. I try it. <laughs> I, I have the objective every game to try and either copy Myriad Landscape's ability by turning it into uh-huh. an artifact or doing it with Wayfarer's Bobble. Yeah. Because ramping lands in is it? I know. Oh my the god. The deck does it remarkably well because you have the Wayfarer's Bobble, you have Myriad Landscape, you have um what's the three Burnished Heart? Burnished Heart, does yep. it? You also have Solemn, I think. I do have Solemn Simulacrum. So there's weirdly a pretty substantial amount of the time when it's like, oh, James is the is it deck and an artifact is it deck. I'm sure he just has like five lands and it's like, what? How'd you get 16 yeah. lands? <laughs> I do love it when I can, like, copy, you know, Burnished Heart three times. Yeah. But, like, untapping Tornos, and then it's just like, all right, I get every (laughs) basic from my deck. So goofy. Yeah, it was a fun deck. I I like playing against it. In terms of my least favorite, I really struggled with this. I genuinely don't think I had any flops this year in terms of decks that I built. In terms of new decks. In in terms of new decks. Yeah. I think that... I'm really looking forward to when the Space Commanders get around to making me do all my decks like they did you. Yeah. Because I'm going to look at a lot of decks that I'm cutting from my collection and why is mm. the is the big reason. Um, and I think that they'll be like the, the least favorite deck. So yeah. I guess tune in for that episode yeah. to hear what I hated and playing about <laughs> in my own collection. No, but I, I, I think it's interesting that you showed more restraint with the decks that you built this year and subsequently were probably slightly more happy. Although that said, the five that I built that I mentioned... That you kept. I do enjoy all of those they're, decks. They're so, your favourite decks. I also yeah. just think that the um, the speed in which I did build decks... I used to build mm. a lot more decks. Me like too. I, yeah, and I think that I've slowed down a lot in the past. Like 2023 was probably my lowest deck building year yeah. since I started. Mm-hmm. And I think it has meant that my piloting of the decks that i currently own is better yeah and the the decks that i build are more what i want to play than just something i slap together because a commander came out in a set i thought it was cool and put it together do you know what i mean there's there's a high threshold that i think both of us are clearing before we go pull the trigger on building a deck and buying the singles yeah yeah like where we have to be really like like oh this card looks cool and i have these cards set aside for it and i kind of feel like a deck like that and i just disassembled this deck because there's more steps before we're like okay i'll build that yeah whereas before i agree we were like i mean we were in lockdown like we're in 2020, we had nothing else to do no. but build commander decks. And we were going all in together on singles orders. Like, it yeah. was just the thing to do. So, it made sense. But, yeah, that's fair. Maybe I- we move back in together and just lock ourselves down for two <laughs> months and see what happens. Like- for content. We'll do it for content. Content purposes. <laughs> Let's retire from our jobs early and just build commander. The dream. Um, Subscribe so- to our Patreon yeah. to support that happening. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon and we will voluntarily go into lockdown. <laughs> Patreon can be prison, actually. You can um, just pay to shut Walt and I up for a couple of months. We can't. That's not on the Patreon page. <laughs> We're not offering it to you. Um, we, okay, we talked about the decks we made in 2023. What do we want in our decks in 2024? This our new year. decks. Yeah. What do I, you want? I, I mean, I've said this before when we did uh, what we want from Wizards yeah. recently, but I am still looking for a good commander for my uh, spirit deck, 
mm-hmm. think spirits are fun. I want to build a spirit deck. I'm yet to find the perfect commander for it. Um, and especially, I was. I think I said it, maybe even in that episode that I was going to finally build, rebuild my goblin deck. Oh with, yeah, with um, Grenzo. With Grenzo at the helm. You had a cracker, didn't you? I, I built a draft. It sucks and yeah. it's awful to pilot. So I'm still looking for a good goblin commander. I may end up finding one in the the history of <laughs> commanders that have come out. I, I actually think. I may end up doing Shattergang Brothers, possibly. Oh, yeah, Jund. Jund. But it, it's not very interesting as the commander of a goblin oh, deck. Oh, it's a toolbox. You can do, like... It does what goblins want to do. You can sacrifice goblins to Shattergang to do stuff. It's true, but the other two do. lines of text will be pretty irrelevant. The yeah, sacking okay. artifacts, sacking... In- anyway, look, it, it'd get me the colours, which would be cool. But I'm still kind of on the lookout. If they print, like, a, a cool new... Especially Rakdos, I think. Mm. Cool new Rakdos goblin commander. I'll probably just build that instead. You so. might get lucky in the um, murders at uh, Karlov Manor because it's on Ravnica. We know ah. goblins are pretty common on Ravnica. Shattergang Brothers are from Ravnica. The... Uh, Krenko is Ravnikan. Ooh. So, like, there, there are a couple of goblins on Ravnica that have been very interesting in the mm. past. Maybe we'll get some goblins. A new Krenko would be cool. It would also be cool. I'm pretty sure Squee is in that. That's Isn't true. Isn't Squee on Ravnica for males of Carl of Manor? If they do a Brakdo Squee, I may just build that. Probably, yeah. That, that would, would be, cool. be sick. I will say that by the time this episode comes out, we might already be getting spoilers. So, oh. maybe, <laughs> maybe we're predicting the future right now. You're listening now. to this and you're going, oh my God. <laughs> Well, you're not going to believe this. You'll message me and I'll be like, I know. Messages I'm, I'm on also Discord. Messages season. on Discord. No, tell me. If you see if, if, and actually, if you just know of a cool goblin commander that is slept on, let me know. I know of all the main ones and I'm not building those for a reason, but especially Rakdos. If you didn't think of a cool Rakdos goblin commander, let me know. Yeah. Um, I also really want to build a mono white deck. So that's kind of probably I'll be looking at different legends for that. I've I've got a few in mind already. I was looking at the Gandalf maybe. Um, But I I think I really enjoyed building my Mowu deck, Mono Green. And I think the next color I'd really like to do is definitely Mono White. Gandalf would be sick. Gandalf would be cool. It's just like... It does put you on a bit of a path as well. Well, but it's interesting because the deck I'm playing the least at the moment is my Selesnya Artifacts deck. Golem's deck. So I could turn that into a Mono White with Gandalf at the helm. Could be cool. As long as Glunch is, gets a home somewhere. Well, Glunch is in the Thursday Incarnate deck. Oh, it is too. So okay, good, he, yeah. He's safe. He's safe. All right, it, it, it's always Glunch time somewhere. <laughs> it's Glunch time somewhere. <laughs> um, what do you want from your decks in 2024? Well, I actually have a deck that I'm halfway through brewing at the moment. It's okay. been on the back burner for a while, but I'm brewing Kellen the Fey-Blooded. You have told me about this, and I actually have... My Outlaw's Merriment aside for you. Yes, I you need that. you said you needed that. Yes. Yeah, I'll give it to you after this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically like a Sunforger deck because Kellen has an adventure on him that tutors for an equipment or yep. enchantment aura. So you basically always go get Sunforger. Uh-huh. And I love a Sunforger deck. So fun. I just, I've never had a Boros deck before, but I think a Sunforger deck is so me. It's the way to do it It's for you. so me. Like yeah. instant, having every answer possible. Um, but it's also going to be a token aggro deck because mm. each creature you control gets plus one, plus zero for each equipment and aura on Kellen. Yeah. So you make Kellen really big, which makes your whole army really big. Yeah. So you want a bunch of equipment with the Sunforger style thing, but you also want a bunch of token makers to go wide. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool deck i'm I, glad you're building it yeah I've, I've honestly i'm like i'm pretty there to be honest yeah. i've got like i've probably got like 150 cards in the moxfield list okay. or something like that so it's on the way it's on the way it needs a synergizing a little bit because i've got a couple i'm like 
it's hard to choose how far down the Sunforger route I want to go mm. and how much token generation. The great thing about Boros is there's just a million token generators, yeah. which is the greatest thing. You know so what you could do? Finding the line. You could, because um, Sunforger chooses red and white instance with mana value four or less. Mm. You could make all your token makers four or less instance. Instance, yeah. Because there's a bunch of like I've got like Cranko's Command like, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I've got all of those in the list. Right. It's just like... If Sunforger goes and someone deals with Sunforger, yeah. how How's, well does the deck work what's without What's the other it? win con? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, the other thing that I want to build in 2024 is five color. Have, you, have you I've never built a five never color deck? Built, I've piloted five color decks yeah. in the past. I've piloted a couple of Kenrith decks and stuff, but I've never built one. Yeah. Um, and I've got a few contenders uh-huh. and I might even put, I don't know, maybe I'll put a poll on our Instagram or something <laughs> and I'll say <laughs> like- They can survive. Uh, yeah. Decide, yeah. Who, who, who do I build? I've got- Two Tazri's. Um, two Tazri's. Uh, two Tazri's. I've got General Tazri, this which is the is allies the, one. Yeah, the ally typal build. Yeah, and then there's also Tazri Soulwart Survivor, and this is the one that cares about creatures with activated abilities. Oh, it's a wild card, and I've been interested in it for ages because I feel like it'll be very like Tornos, where it'll, I'll right. just leave up a bunch of responses and choose the right one at the right time. Yeah, yeah. It basically allows your creatures with activated abilities tapped for a mana of any color, but you can only use them to activate abilities of oh, creatures with activated abilities. I remember... Is this like a Dominaria United card or something? Tazri- Maybe? Oh, no. I think it's an old one. I think it's actually like an old Zendikar Tazri. Oh, I okay. I've seen this card before. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that would be cool. It's whack. I'm yeah. also thinking Morophon using avatars as the creature type that oh. I Oh, interesting. Then I can run the Niv-Mizzet avatars that uh, Niv-Mizzet has. Pretty cool. Yeah, because Niv-Mizzet... Supreme is an avatar. Reborn is an avatar. Yeah. Um, But also the... um, There's a bunch of... There's the cycle of Dominus's Domini. Oh, Dominus of Fealty. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. So they basically all become three mana, which is really cool. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a, a couple of a couple of things that I want to build. Maybe yeah. I'll put a poll up when this episode comes out. And the go on our Instagram, get commanded, and uh, there'll be a poll. You can choose what deck I build this oh, year. Oh, sounds um, good. But I I have said this before. I'm cutting decks. Yeah, I'm cutting down. I've got a bunch of decks that are sitting on shelves that have great cards in them that I could be trading to people for better cards and. Yeah, I want to streamline my collection a little bit. That's what I want from my decks, for sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I reckon that's all we want to say about uh, favorite decks. I want to talk about what our favorite episodes of Get Commanded have been. Our favorite transmissions. Yeah. So, we have released in the year of 2023, episodes 19 to 69 were (laughs) released. Nice. Nice. Uh, In 2023. So, that's 51 of our, at the time of this episode coming out, 70 episodes. Wow. Wait, we're released- 70? Damn. Yeah, we're Damn. at 70 Damn. and Damn. 51 of them came out last year. So the only week that we didn't have an episode come out was the last week of December. Christmas, basically. Christ- yeah. Yeah, 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 Christmas No week. one's listening to podcasts. <laughs> we know you're all busy. Um, but yeah, 51 episodes came out. Wow. So most of the episodes are on offer here in terms of which which we liked. Yeah. Um, Bit of a review of what all the content we've made together. Yeah. What's, a, what's your favorites? What are your I- favorites? 
So I think the, the the episodes that have stood out the most to me, the really cool thing about the commands that we get from the space commanders is that like we interpret them and we hope that our interpreting of them helps you. But mm. in the process, we actually have to process the advice for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that the, the best ones are the ones that make us think about our play. 100%. Yeah. So the episodes that stood out the most to me were the ones that have changed so the se- way I do stuff. <laughs> so selfish of us. The best ones that we like are the ones that, we like yeah <laughs> but like basically yeah. so um uh, experiment the great freeze this is the origin yeah. of the architects and tinkerers divide which then two two articles on commander's herald and two other episodes including a space battle yep. talked about this concept um that was you know it's a new way of thinking about decks that i didn't have before it got a lot of just like the reddit posts that you put up got yeah people, lots of comments people really like were interested in the ideas not everyone agreed with them yeah <laughs> but people really had stuff to say about it which but i like you're you're personifying something that hasn't been personified before is the types yeah. of deck builders not that i'm aware of we, yeah. we've perf- like the magic community has personified players and the way you mm, pilot decks. Spikes and Jennies and Jimmies and yeah, yeah. not so much the builders of the decks. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I, I've thoroughly enjoyed your articles and I really enjoyed the debate. I still think that I unrightfully lost the episode of the space battle where we did Architects vs. Tinkers. <laughs> but ah, say la vie. <laughs> it was a tough it was a tough sell. Um the, another episode I really liked was the glass cannon. Oh, yeah. um, this has come up like three times in this episode alone. Like, True, yeah. We just used the term glass cannon these days. We used it before then as well. But it was really like narrowed down for us. Like, okay, this is what a glass cannon commander looks like. Mm-hmm. I basically stopped building awful decks that I didn't like because I stopped building glass cannons. So yep. that was a big one. Um, Tudors versus card draw. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, so as a result of that episode, I cut tutors from most of my decks. Most mm. of my decks have no tutors in them. And then some of them have like two or three, but that's because they're weird. Yeah, <laughs> they it definitely it. increases the, uh, the oh, I wonder what could happen. What will I draw? Yeah. The fun of the game. Whereas like if I have a tutor, I know I'm getting the card that's going to get me the win. Game's over. Let's rerun it. Yeah. Like I feel like, yeah, when, when you've got this kind of, what will happen in a game of Commander, mm. it increases the fun. And remember, that's what we're playing Commander for, is the fun of it. Yeah. And I think that episode was very in line with what Commander is. Yeah, definitely. And, like, the thing that I think is interesting is two of the decks I built this year um, have no tutors in them, but our toolbox Commanders, Catilda mm. and Leah and Barbala Saga, are very, like, that's weird true. little synergies between things. Gives you card advantages in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, having no tutors made me lean towards commanders that gave me lots of options. Yeah. Because, because also, the options are different every episode, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, every game, not every episode. <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> yes. Choose us card draw. It was a good thing to cut choose from my decks. I liked it a lot. And then I did want to mention one that you steered a lot, which is the Color Philosophy series. Oh, thanks. Um, I... Like, very much enjoyed uh, speaking about it on the pod with you. And then we, I ended up doing a bunch of listening to Mark Rosewater talk about color pairs on his podcast, I'm uh, Drive really to Work. Because I've, I've listened to all of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad you're now convinced to go down that route yeah. and explore what it's, color philosophy is all about. It's just like the lens for viewing the game. Once yeah. you're aware of color and how it works, like everything in the game you see through the lens of color and it's so interesting. Always boils down to it. Yeah. Um, Pie Break, obviously. The, with Dan Sheehan. With Dan Sheehan's yep. new podcast um, that he talks specifically about the color identity of things that are not Commander. Um, recent episode uh, came out where he had Rachel Weeks back on. They used oh, they did Commander dogs, Sphere. didn't they? They did Dog yeah. Breed. 
streets. It was a lot of fun. I thought there was a couple that I was like, oh, yeah, that dog is more blue than any yeah. other color. I'm like, that's so weird to think about. Th- thinking about a blue dog is like a really interesting thing. Yeah. It's not something you normally come I thought on. it was great. I thought... Yeah. <clears throat> They didn't talk about my favorite breed of dog, which is a pug. Um, uh, they did talk about a French bulldog, though, which similar Yeah, similar, <laughs> similar disposition, I yeah. think, between the two. We reckon a pug's color identity. We, oh, I mean, uh, when we lived not, together, I had green. a pug. They're not they're green. Not green. They're, they're red. Not... They are 100% red. They're oh, yeah, very they're instinctive. They're like all impulse. They're not selfish. They're not mono red, though. I feel like they're I maybe. They might be mono red. They're maybe, pretty chaotic. But they're so loyal is the other thing. I reckon they're red with like maybe a white activated ability maybe. in their card. The or thing that they like said that. that was interesting is they were immediately like, we have to be careful about using white because all dogs are loyal. Yes, all so, dogs are white. So yeah, it's like to a really extent. probably almost all dogs are like red white. <laughs> maybe pugs are just mono red. Maybe. But they're so manufactured. Maybe they're blue red. <laughs> Is it dog? They're an is it dog. <laughs> I love that. That works for you. Um, as the, there there is a reason why I love them so yeah. much then. <laughs> anyway, if you enjoyed that speculation, Pie Break is basically all that. It's so fun. Yeah, it's like um, two, an hour and a half of that. Yeah, but yeah, shout out your Colour Philosophy series. Oh, I, thanks, I, have in, I dived into um, Colour this year, or last year as a result of that. So yeah. I'm glad. I, I always wonder, because I, yeah, I definitely steer that episode series with the Space Commanders, mm-hmm. but I always was curious, because you're the creative writer performer yeah it just feels like something you'd have a lot of fun with i don't understand myself because <laughs> it does i'm with you neither do i yeah <laughs> you are an enigma wrapped uh, in a puzzle <laughs> um your favorite episodes of 2023 look a recent one that uh just came out uh like a few episodes ago now mm-hmm. cards at the crux Oh, yeah. This was the piece of data that you kept separate from your game log, which were the turning points of the games, Mm. like kind of separated the games into what you referred to as acts, like act one, act two, act three. Mm. I found it changed how I looked at the game. Like, like it's, there are, you know, someone's in the lead at the start. That doesn't always mean they're going to win the game. Mm. What's the card that's going to be the turning point? Yeah, what, and, what card brings down the leader? Yeah, and, mm. I, and I'm now finding when someone is casting a board wipe, I'm like, oh... End of Act One, people. Yeah. In short intermission. Uh, let's go out into the. Let's go to the bar, grab some Maltesers, yes. and uh, we'll be back for Act Two. Yeah, hundred percent. I find it really interesting that it was like, yeah, it was either like attempt for a win, a board wipe. There was like those categories. Mm. Don't spoil the episode. Go listen to it. But yeah, yeah I found it, it really interesting. It does change the way you look at the, a commander game. Where it's funny. Then since that episode's come out, so the people who were aware that I was keeping this data because I was asking them about it at the end of games. But now that the episode's out, people are aware of what I was tracking and what I was looking at and now i get to the end of a game before i've even pulled out the log some of our most devoted listeners who I, we play with will say like oh the turning point was this, this card, card right well this card don't you think it was definitely that one? this card so i think it's interesting that well, we once a- you see it you can't unsee it yeah well, we had a game night the other night where yeah. we, it was like a long discussion afterwards of like what the yeah. turning point was we're all seeing it in the same way yeah. I, i'm really glad that yeah that transmission came came across that i way. think that's for me that's the thing that i love about this podcast it's allowed us and our listeners to to view the game through different lenses. Mm. And I think the ability, even our podcast, just giving the correct language to our listeners yeah. and even the language to us where we can explain what we're thinking about these topics on mm. the pod, but also with our friends, yeah. with listeners. It's great. Definitely. Also loved the Tilted episode. Oh, when we um, get tilted. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very Get Commanded like origin story. This whole podcast started because we wanted to assist 
a local community group in becoming better commander players and mm-hmm. in navigating the murky waters of yep. commander being a social format. Mm-hmm. I think when we get tilted was a great one. Definitely. Yeah, I think for me, I got I love the really rules intensive episodes that I've written for the Space Commanders. Like reading the card won't explain the card. Priority the stack in you. Yeah, you did a couple of deep dives into the rules when you got the transmissions well in advance and yes. you were like, okay, I'm gonna read everything there is to know about this. Well, I mean, it started my journey to judgehood. Yeah. And, and like I'm still like properly, you know, spending time doing the tests online on Judge Academy, even though it doesn't exist anymore. But uh-huh. like still working really hard and, and assisting where I can and Hopefully in 2024, there'll be a new <laughs> judge system with wizards. <laughs> maybe it's already come out by the time this episode released. Yeah, I don't maybe. know, maybe. Me- message uh, us again. Yeah. Let us know about the things we don't Send know because we're the in link. the past. Yeah. Um, but yes, I love I loved that one. Yeah, um, that was they were they were fun deep dives. I learned um look even looking at the layer system, that was really interesting. That's the layers changed, were really interesting. Changed again. I I've read about it before and then doing it looking at it again, I picked up even more and it's again been like, okay, that's right. There's a sort of order to this and you need yeah. to know it. Yeah. Power toughness, layer seven. Mm. Whoa, what a weird one. Oh, it's strange. And I do think that out of the box and upgraded was one of the episodes I'm most proud of because I think it's a great... This episode is something we can point anyone to if they are a new player that's mm. just bought a pre-con. doesn't matter what pre-con it is. It's like... It's the difference between giving a man a fish and teaching a man how to fish. Yeah. Like it's, you know, there are a million episodes out there on YouTube and in other podcasts of upgrading this specific pre-con, mm. but our and those episode, videos are really good. Like yeah, if for you sure. have that pre-con, you know, that will be good. But I'm, I agree with you. I'm glad that the information that we've put out there is yeah. like, okay, you have a pre-con. How would you go about yeah. upgrading it? And yeah. it's a it's a pretty robust process there. Yeah, yeah I it's like a, that episode. It's a, a lot. good episode for listeners of a long time to pass on to to new players that they want to get into Commander. Definitely, definitely. Well, that was 2023. What do we uh, What are we hoping the Space Commanders will throw us for 2024? Ooh. And we we hope you're listening, Space Command. Yeah, this <laughs> is specifically for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I've really enjoyed the different experiments we've done. I spoke about the great freeze, yep. but also, um, did the 50 game log game was log an experiment. Yeah. I like the sort of data oriented stuff and it seems like people are interested in that as well. So I'm happy to do more of those. It's becoming a bit of a series in and of itself, yeah. these experiments. Yeah. Experiment, colon, whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> um, I really would like to see the, like, maybe it's connected to our stream. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to do an episode where we analyze a game. Like one oh. game and we just deep dive into all the decision trees. Basically wow. Marvel's what if but for a game <laughs> a of Commander. Game. Yeah. I wanna I think maybe the best way to do it might be through a stream. Yeah. Maybe. Or like, YouTube even could be yeah, maybe, maybe stream and then on YouTube. Maybe yeah. YouTube content we like comment commentate over the top. Yeah. Something like that. I think that would be very well suited to CDH specifically. Yes. There's so many lines and like objectively right things to do in yeah. CDH. Well, I mean, hopefully I don't want to spoil too much, but there are some Australian CDH competitions that Walt and I are potentially getting involved with which is yeah, exciting we'll let you know but i would also like to do more cdh content in general yeah I, I think cdh is a realm that casual commander players are becoming more fascinated with mm-hmm. i think there is like a and we did paperweights just recently like yeah. the kind of like building up your skill as a commander player mm-hmm. and let's be real cdh is like stepping into a ufc cage like it's yeah it's, it's the next level it's the next level and i think that more cdh content from us is not saying that CDH is the best way to play Commander because we're a casual Commander podcast. Yep. We love our casual games. Yep. 
but I think the world of CDH is growing. Yeah. And I think we have a lot to say on it. Yeah. So if Space Commanders want us to talk about it, we've got a lot to say. Yeah. Well, and t- uh, also tell the Space Commanders you want to hear about it, by the way. If you out there are like, yes, yeah, more CDH, tell the Space Commanders. Yeah. Um, via uh, social media. <laughs> they monitor us. us. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll pass it on. They, they monitor our DMs. So if you DM us, they see it. Yeah. Well, I can't have a private conversation anymore. If we left you on red, it wasn't us. It was the Space Commanders. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I want to see a, I don't know if the space games will allow this. I want to see a silly topic. I want to see like a, a silly topic, like a space battle over something like, like more stupid than already. <laughs> like, oh, if like space second battle is a good mechanic. Yeah, like space battle. No, like even more silly, like, like space battle, um, which person in law, uh, has the largest brain in mass. It's surely got to be like one of the elder dragons, right? Maybe, but then there's like Merit Lage. Like, how much of that skull is how is, big is, is brain? Child of Alara? Yeah, that's true. And how big is a child's brain? It, do they oh. have the the largest theoretical size of potential brain? I see what you're saying. Anyway, here. I, like I, it. <laughs> I think it could be fun to be silly. Maybe we'll do that in April Fool's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Let us know, Space Commanders, if that seems good. Um, but yeah, that's that's been 2023. It was a massive year for Magic with some fantastic new crossovers via Universes Beyond and some generally pretty high quality sets and pre-cons. We also brought you an episode every single week last year. It's been a huge responsibility, but it's been our absolute pleasure and we couldn't have done it without you. So thanks. Yeah, but all that was last year. 2024 is going to be even bigger. More cards, commanders, in-person events, streams, memes, and discounts on sleeves from Palms Off Gaming, of course, and content. Content from us. We really hope you are going to join us for this pretty insane adventure we found ourselves on. And like Walt just said, this can't happen without you guys that listen and support us. So thank you. So Space Commanders, Space Commanders Command received. Wow. Nice. What a year. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this year though, man. Like seriously, we are on the precipice of a very big year for yeah. content creation and us. We're going to CanCon. Mm. We're doing stuff. We've got Pog on our side. Definitely. Good Games Australia is working with it. Oh, it's a big year. Big things are going to happen. So to listeners out there, do you feel commanded? I want to know what your favorite episode of Get Commanded was in 2023 and Consequently, what you want from us in 2024. Yeah, again, we want to hear it from you guys because you guys are the ones that listen, so we'll make it for you. Definitely. You can get in touch with us on all the platforms, the Twitter, the Instagram, the threads, at Get Commanded on all of them. You can follow us on Twitch, at Get Commanded, which we will try and be posting some kind of a schedule as soon as we can Mm -hmm. of some description to join us streaming. We've really enjoyed them. But the best place to talk to us and get up-to-date information from the podcast is on the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server. That's where all of our playgroup and our friends and we have our own special channel in there so jump in there to find out more definitely and of course don't forget to check out our Patreon page it's linked in the show notes it's the best way to support the Get Commanded podcast directly and there's a bunch of benefits on offer for you we'd like to thank our patrons Stella Tam Fuzzy and Bottomless Potamus and an extra special shout out to Fletcher Cutting who supports us in the Space Commander tier you're the best you are the best and thanks once again to Palms Off Gaming for sponsoring the podcast these guys create great deck boxes sleeves binders and other games 
gaming accessories. And you can go to palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded to get 10% off your purchase and support the show at the same time. It really does help us out. And Palms Off Gaming want to work with us for some more content this year. So yeah. if you go buy some stuff, we might be doing some gameplay with Jack and Darcy and yeah. with the guys there. It's it's a great YouTube channel. Go subscribe. But uh, yeah, these guys are great. Go check them out. Palmsofgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's all the magic stuff. I reckon we better planes walk out of here out into of somewhere else. Um, I think it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, I want to planes walk into a, speaking of 2024, a show that I have been cast in for this year or yeah. specifically two shows. So it's a double bill, right? It's a double yeah. bill. So I was um, casting this towards the end of 2023, but basically there's a, um, a couple of shows that are going on at 45 Downstairs in Melbourne in May and June of 2024. Uh, the tickets are available in the show notes. They're actually already on sale very far I in did advance. actually notice that they were on sale like when we were recording this only a couple of days ago. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, I need to buy yeah. my tickets. I mean, you've got plenty of time obviously <laughs> to buy them, but the sooner the better. Um, and yeah, basically it's the same cast performing two different shows and we're alternating nights. So we'll be doing like a Thursday will be one show, which will be Carpet and Sand, which is mm-hmm. a new show that's been written by Robert Reed. Really amazing. We uh, read the play script for the first time, all of us, the cast the other day. Really, really cool, interesting script about um, a really famous uh, theatre maker, Peter Brook, who went to Africa and Mm -hmm. with a troupe of actors and basically what conspired there. But it's juxtaposed with um, the Great Sheep Riot of like 1766 or something in the south of England. (laughs) There was a sheep riot? Yeah, there was 200,000 sheep rampaging through the countryside of England. Oh my God. How uh, do I not know about it's this? This wild. is brilliant. Anyway, so that's Carpet and Sand. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the other play is one I've actually performed twice before now. Uh, it's a really, really outstanding script by Tom Holloway called 100 Reasons for War. I think I've heard of this before. Yeah, probably I from probably, you. Probably told you about it. So this was a um, play that was written, I think, for the centenary of the start of World War One. So I think it was written in t- and released in 2014. Mm. Uh, basically, it's a sequence of sort of a- uh, abstract scenes between people. There are no characters in the play, just text, uh, and the director gets to decide who says what and when they say it. Pretty much. Oh wow! Okay. Um, very very interesting, but basically a, a pretty in depth look at war and why it happens, and um, really really outstanding script. And the cast is incredible. Uh, so it's a double little play. Basically, there's a link in, link in the show notes. You can either book for one of those two shows if one of them jumps out at you more than the other, or for cheaper relatively you can get a ticket for both of them so i think it's the tickets are about 50 bucks for each one but for 80 bucks you can see both of them oh well you've sold me i'm going for the 80 bucks and seeing both yeah. of them aren't i <laughs> so um double bubble yeah the idea is that the the plays actually have some themes in common and um oh, yeah i see a you know those hundreds and hundreds of sheep and war uh, <laughs> in in the same vein believe it or not <laughs> when you look at the two of them there's kind of a similar vibe and a similar thing happening and the cast has been quite intentional so anyway it'll be a very interesting okay. experience where you'll kind of get to yeah just sort of see the same people across these two shows and see relationships and see the, um, blur- the blended lines of decisions of actors yeah and it'll be like night, it. one night after the other i think it'll be a really interesting way to, to, to experience some theater in melbourne so uh yeah once again so at 45 downstairs i'll link the tickets in the show notes but i'm ecstatic to be performing in a, in a it, proper theater show next so year. so glad year. to see you just 
on stage properly and just absolutely gunning it. Yeah. And I, I doubt this is going to be the only one in 2024. No, no, I'd be shocked if it was. <laughs> it's, I'm keen for you on stage this year. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Me too. Um, but that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players. <laughs>